Hello and welcome to a new exciting episode of Finding Your Atom. And uh, I'm here with my partner in crime, Amrita Sen, and we're going to have a lot of fun today, continuing with our, um, I would say, our brainstorming slash meditation slash um, as well creative process of discussing what makes us special, what is our atoms, and uh, what really is what distinguish from other people, but as well, what are the processes that we do to improve our lives, to improve our lifestyle, to improve our way of thinking, and as well, how we can actually think outside of the box and uh, understand the, the best ways of looking at the uniqueness of each of us. I think during this series, we've been having fantastic personalities we're going to have, And today we have a very special guest that is very dear to me that I know for some time, Katie Lockwood. She's very special in the sense that she's probably one of the most reserved personalities I met, but um, she'll introduce herself. But she's like a wonderful box of surprises that has so much stuff that you get pieces of it, but each piece is very special and it brings uh, a lot of uh, wonderful experience and knowledge and wisdom. Uh, Amrita, I'll pass the word to you. This is as well our first episode in 2022, a new year, and uh, a lot of exciting as well with a lot of uh, uh, advances. But uh, this year for me in particular will be a year of thinking even more out of the box and finding my atom more hardcore. And uh, that is probably what I would share with our audience. And um, I'm looking forward to do a lot of these things and taking it to the next level. So Amrita, I'll pass the word to you and then to Katie. Well, it's an absolute honor to have Katie here with us as our as our first host in in 2022. And how fitting is it that she, among many other uh, skills that she's been able to uh, to cultivate in her life, that she's also a life coach. And not only has she found her own Adam, but she's now taking that knowledge and helping other people find their. Uh, unique atomic identifier is what we call it. So what we're going to talk about today is her own journey and then what were the key lessons that she wants to spread and what she sees in people, the good, bad, the, the positive, you know, the, the potential in people. So Katie, if we can, um, we'd love to hear about mainly the struggle you had before you found this unique job, this this profession that so many people find to be like almost like a mystery, like almost like a wizard, uh, a wizard of, uh, of self-realization. So we'd love to hear uh, how it all started and where you are right now. Yeah, sure. I mean, you've wrapped that up so well. That's exactly what it is. It's actually finding your own sort of magic inside you. And that's where the atom is. Um, my career started out, I've had quite a varied, um, different career paths, but I started in modelling actually, so I modelled for um, the likes of Pepsi and other companies, and then I went into film school, so I actually went to learn media at film school, um, I did that for several years, and then I worked on Harry Potter, I think uh, Dennis was just saying that earlier, so I was working on Harry Potter the last Samurai, but I was sort of more behind the scenes. Um, in the sort of um, special effects department. But I was really interested in the conceptual ideas of film, um, which kind of led me onto a slightly different area. And I went to the National Film School and I was studying uh, screenwriting and script writing. Um, 
which again took me on a slightly different journey again. So I was doing that alongside working um, at the London School of Economics. I was doing philosophy and economics, but I was really interested in the personal journey. And that's what really resonated with me is we resonate to films because of the hero's journey. And that is so relevant in our own personal lives. So when I was studying the philosophy, I then went into spirituality, emotional intelligence. I was really trying to discover who I was and what my sort of where my atom was and finding my purpose. So when I was saying about finding your atom, finding your true purpose, also becoming an inspirational guiding light to others. So when I sort of discovered this information, what you were saying about being the magician in your own life, I realized that when we understood these um, scientific laws, these universal laws, which were the absolute ancient history of knowledge, and the, the greatest mind in our history all spoke about this knowledge, like Einstein spoke about it, um, we related it to quantum. Um, so we've got, you know, some of the most amazing scientists came up with this understanding. So it always it, it resurfaces in human history, actually, when we um, have some sort of turbulent times, the challenges that we experience. So finding your atom and uniqueness and, and bringing that out to realise it within yourself, because so many people have so many limiting beliefs without realizing where those limiting beliefs are coming from. So we don't express ourselves, we don't find that uniqueness until we realize who we really are. So now that I've learned this information and this knowledge, and it's taken a while because there's so many different dimensions to it. And there's psychology, there's spirituality, there's philosophy, there's, it's multidimensional. But once we find that, that's when I came up with the way. So I don't know if you've ever heard that The Secret came out about seven years ago. It was kind of the first platform, which was, you know, really blew up this, this idea of these scientific spiritual laws and how we can actually identify them in our own life and we can navigate life using these laws. It was so transformative, you know, and I, and I saw the results in my own life from using this knowledge and I was, for me, it was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. And now, for me, my purpose is to help others to realise this in themselves. So finding their atom and uniqueness by understanding how we work with these universal laws. So in something like The Secret, where they spoke about, um, it was very much guided towards the law of attraction. And that was thoughts become things. But in the way, which is, I'll show you here, that's the book, obviously, that I've co-authored, we go even deeper. We go even, um, we go deeper into the laws, but it's a, it's a much more profound understanding of who you are, because it goes, it goes into the law of attraction, but it is so much deeper than thoughts become things. My theory is actually consciousness creates our reality. So we actually wrote the book, um, it came out just a few months before the pandemic hit um, and it was so profound because everything that's in the book is actually everything that we're experiencing right now uh, and it's so important this knowledge to understand it right now as a guide to to the way of getting through where we are you know how we're sitting 
and what we're experiencing because we're seeing so many different dimensions of consciousness. And that can only come from our own awareness of ourselves. So, you know, what we're seeing right now is um, many different levels of unhealed people or traumas. You know, we're, we're seeing it expressing itself. So when we understand how our atom is actually related to, you know, we are the microcosm or the macrocosm. So we are related to the universe. So how we manifest in our being is directly responsive to our evolution of thought. So it, it really does play out. When we look at everything that's going on around us, we are, everything that's external, whether it's chaos or conflict, is a result of our own inner consciousness. So if we want to change our reality, we have to look at ourselves. We have to understand our thoughts, our emotions, our words are all projected into the reality. That's how we're going to perceive our reality. So it's actually so, it's really scientific. It's that sort of bridge between science and spirituality. But these scientific laws are, are, are huge in our transformation. So, so now with what I do, it's obviously been a bit of a, a diff, you know, I've sort of understood things from different sort of perspectives. But I now train CEOs, celebrities, um, sports personalities to find their attitude, to find their uniqueness, but to find their purpose as well. So, you know, to really stand in their own power. You know, it's not just about achieving, um, you know, whether it's a, it's a status, but it's about really standing in your power and, and being, you know, the light in the world, really, and being that inspiration for others. And that's where, obviously, Improve My World came about as well. And, and we've really sort of highlighted that because we see the need. I, and I, I've worked with many professionals and, you know, they might be great at, at one part of their job, but they've not in their personal life, it's chaos because they've not, they've not understood how these universal laws are working all the time. They're all energy. And when we're saying about the atom, everything is energy. So we have to go back to understanding who we are and how powerful we are, you know, how, the, how we are affecting everything around us. It's like the pebble effect. And if, you, if you're experiencing, we talk about vibrations in our book, we talk about the law of vibration and how we are vibration all the time. So you know, we'll experience life through our vibrational field. And that's so interesting because when we're seeing what we're seeing at the moment, we're seeing such divide. When we actually come back to understanding the positive and the negative, well, we can choose. We can choose to be in that positive. It's huge. You know, it's, it's, you know, we are creating our reality every day in our, in our choices of our thoughts. That's beautiful. I, I have a question, Katie. So, so, so you are an author, you are behind the platform Improve My World for people listening to us, and we'll put all this in the bio of yours. But one of the questions is, when was the moment, uh, because of course, coming from modeling to film industry, and then coming to be a professional coach, and as well, creating a platform for coaching, and as well, mm -hmm. improvemyworld.com is a fantastic website. I suggest you guys uh, look at it. Um, 
when was the moment that you decided to make this shift in your career and actually focus on this? And when you start as well working? Because, of course, you are working with very big personalities. I, if you want to mention some, mention. Because, of course, Amrit has a lot of other names as well that she's been and we've been in bringing a lot of big names here. But what is interesting is not about the names. is that you made a big shift in your life, yourself. Um, yeah. So can you tell us that moment? That is when you find your atom, at least that atom of yours. <laughs> Um, I think for me, it was very much about when I was looking at the conceptual idea of, of screenwriting, I realized that we resonate with characters because we see part of ourselves in that character. So for me, it was more than sort of, you know, bringing a message out into a film. All these messages of the of film are always about good versus evil. And it's the hero's journey into realizing who you are and stepping into your purpose and your power and that's that is the hero's journey so for me um when I, I sort of I guess I had a bit of an awakening if you like that I started to realize who I was in this and really understood you know I, I had lots of people sort of being attracted to me because I've obviously had that understanding so they were sort of looking at me for this wisdom And I thought, actually, we're all on this journey, whether we know it or not. We actually are all on this personal journey. We're all that hero in that story. We're all creating our own stories. We're all living our own films, really. Yeah. So, it, you know, that, and that was for me where I felt like, wow, this, this is actually much bigger than just watching a film, you know, because it's entertainment value. This is so much bigger than that. This is actually real this is actually what we're experiencing every day and you know and being working with those people whether it's sports personalities CEOs realized that actually they are the same they're all asking the same thing you know they're all sort of saying well I've got this but there's something still missing I don't feel like I'm really in my purpose I'm not really feeling like I'm you know being my best version of myself or you know if there's a potentiality in me that I still don't feel if I've realized that and that's where I take them then it's you know it's, it's finding their atom is really about finding who they are Let, let's then, go back to you know, some so you bring up some very beautiful basic concepts that I think deserve revisiting right one is that after your modeling career and your extreme pivot to going mm -hmm. through the front of the screen to behind the screen, yeah. you found, you discovered Joseph Campbell, right? And a lot of people in their lives don't have an opportunity to find and discover the brilliance of Joseph Campbell. And it's what well, I did um, 10 years ago, right? And I found it to be very enriching. The notion that you, there is something in the human DNA called embedded myth right? Which is based on the fact that uh, many things, right? The, based on the fact that the human DNA dreams in three act structures, right? The setup, the conflict, and the resolution. And that innate way that we think and operate has been expressed in all the mythologies, all the important mythologies throughout his, human history, whether it's the Mahabharata, the Ramayana, whether it's Iliad Odyssey, Canterbury Tales, Shakespeare, all these things, he sort of, as a 
scholar, he enriched our lives and said, okay, this is why. And this is now, George Lucas, how you can apply it to Star Wars. This is how J.K. Rowling, you can apply it to Harry Potter. And you mm-hmm. discovered this, I would say, in the, the le- more later part of your career, saying mm-hmm. it's okay to go from the front of the camera to behind the cam- camera because what I'm learning about humanity is so rich that I'll figure out a way to get back to the front of the camera, right? Yeah. So I'm kind of paraphrasing everything you said because I truly am a, beyond an appreciator of the hero's journey and Joseph Campbell. Now, there's a couple of things that I think deserve clarification for an audience that could easily take what you're saying and say, oh, God, that just sounds so hard. That is, I don't know if I can do that. One is this concept of universality of the human experience, right? And Mm -hmm. how do you then take that universality and say, I'm a hero, I'm this, I'm that, when throughout most of human history, you're taught to say, no, it's about God or it's about some other thing that's not you. Throughout human history, you're taught to self-suppress. When all of a sudden we're looking at maybe the last, I don't know, 100 years where all of that thought is saying, no, it's not about self-suppression. In fact, everything that like what you've been taught about religion and about um, the hero's journey, there's a totally different interpretation. It's not self-suppression. You are the the being, you are the God, you are the, and not God in a, in a way that's kind of like icky, but the whole point was about you and your relationship to everybody else. So how do you get this, these profound concepts through to somebody who's being introduced to it for the first time? How do you, how do you make it so accessible? To people, which is your special gift, right? Like, because yeah. when I talk about it, it seems like, oh God, it just sounds weird, right? But when you talk about it, it sounds like somebody gifted in the art of speech is being able to tell them these profound things. Yeah, I think um, obviously in the book, we've done it in a way that, you know, if I just sort of went, all the information there is just, you know, so much because we're not taught this in our school. And, and so, it's it's almost like a, it's a very different way of thinking you know we've been conditioned to think a certain way which is often you know that we are you know beneath something we're suppressed we're suppressed exactly we have and to fit into this particular path exactly of the, time. Exactly. Of the time. yeah yes and exactly. the other problem is if you go too far out of the times out of the society right that also, and I've seen in many people, they have such a unique kind of almost flashy, um, explosive idea that it's not within something that has commercial potential. Yeah. They can't sustain their art or they can't sustain their life or their being. So how do you then find that balance for people? Well, I've, I mean, this is a thing when I've experienced it. So when I've, I'm watching people as they go through, we've done it as a six to eight modules. So I'm watching the transition as they go through it. And I see the difference in their life because of the way that they've changed their thinking. And it's huge. 
It is so huge. That plus some um, some examples changes in relationships. So you know, some some people are going through divorces, or you know, they um, they're not very balanced in their lives. So they could be just completely focused on you know. With, talk about where your energy goes your focus goes energy flows so they might be focusing on one part of their life the rest of it is in a bit of a turmoil because they've not they're not able to balance everything at the same time also just changing you know we we get into a reactionary state it's like a trigger moment and it's sometimes actually due to our environment or it's due to our the way we've been brought up or you know the way that we've been uh, oppressed um, so we have to go back to that and realize we can change that reaction. And in changing that reaction is where we step into our power. So, you know, we can see, um, say, Hollywood actors, actresses, maybe great in their skill of acting, but in their family life, it's maybe not so great. So they've not realized part of themselves that they are able to actually walk through this a lot more peacefully. And, and when we heal that part of ourselves, something changes I see a shift in the change of their energy because they're able to challenge things differently and and that is is it's huge it's really huge because it's the difference between you know a relationship that's not working to a relationship that's may have changed and adapted but it still works and that change you know sometimes we get into these sort of generational curses because we're unhealed people are teaching unhealed people, you know, and unfortunately that's the blind. It's the blind leading the blind. And yeah. it ends up as being a generational curse because we're not sort of, you know, the one person that says, hold on a minute, no, I'm going to change my thinking. Maybe I'm going to read a book, you know, and we're going to say, right, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. I see this, I observe it, I see it for what it is. I want to change this. And in doing so, you're changing a whole, you know, we're talking about new generations now, who are coming into this understanding that's huge we're looking at the new generations of changing our our future and looking at them to be new leaders new thought leaders if they understand this wisdom this knowledge that's a different world we're living in a different world you know and that and that is huge that's where this knowledge is so powerful so you know i see it in my clients who are now speaking you know communication is different and that communication how they're relating to their children is completely different you know, and they're saying to me, oh, wow, I can't believe how, how this has changed my life. Because it does. You know, and these things with the universal laws, they can't, they can't change that. They are, they've been set in stone, if you like. But if we understand how to utilise them in our life, then we are working with them and not against them. And, and it's allowing us to realise who we are and stepping into that power. But what's I mean, I, what, I, yeah, sorry. What's so fascinating is you, you have been, you're the first person I've met that has been able to take principles that we find in screenwriting, mm. principles that we find in Hollywood, flashy Hollywood entertainment, and turn it back into almost like a semi-self-enlightenment uh, platform. Right? Yeah. You, yeah. You know, it's, it's a great application of... Yeah the skills of, that a screenwriter brings to people. Exactly. Now. Yeah. I mean, that's for me, when I was doing the screenwriting and they were asking, you know, what's your purpose for this? What is it you really want? And I said, I want to change consciousness. I want 
I want to change the way we think so that we can really, I want to see people thrive. You know, I, really, I have that, that's something in me that I want to see people in their best version of themselves. You know, I, I can see an unrealized potentiality in people and it's my job for them, for me to get them to, to see it for themselves. And that, you know, that's amazing when I see that. That's that's what my purpose is. But, you know, in film, when we're sort of talking about that hero's journey and taking that person, for me, it's so much more to get people to realise that in themselves because we're not just sort of, often we're not realising what this message is. You know, I speak to some people who've come out of watching a film and it's, say, Star Wars, and I say, wow, you know, what did you get out of that message? And they'll just you know not not really looking at the special effects or they're not really looking at what that message is and it's so profound their messages it's so profound but we're often because we're looking at other things we're not actually seeing what the message is for ourselves and that's what sometimes, sometimes you need to package a concept and which which something is something we should talk about in your book you need to package a concept in order for people to digest it. And I yeah. realized this in its true form when I was watching the first installment of Matrix, not this last yeah. one, where you're talking about profound concepts like, you know, giving up yourselves to an overall like metaverse environment and, you know, the, the, diff- the choice of being suppressed and being free. And then, but it's packaged in a skinny woman with leather pants who kicks ass, right? (laughs) So the first scene, you're seeing this enormously fit woman with the most unbelievable leather pants. I don't know who made them for her. She kicks butt and all of a sudden she's there in the next scene talking about, oh, you have a moral choice to make. You know, (laughs) it's pretty cool. Now you are essentially what I will, maybe I'll, I'll interpret your job, right? You've taken these learnings mm-hmm. from your own life. And now in the last leg of the hero's journey, it's the obligation yes. to give back. So you've yeah. taken that last leg quite seriously, I would say. Yeah. Right? yeah. But in the process of taking that quite seriously, you've repackaged. You're making the package all that more accessible. And I think we should hone in on that, right? Because from everything you're talking about, it's almost like, People find some of these truths through religion. They find these truths through meditation. And you're bringing in some really amazing concepts like reactionary results, results that are coming from how you interpret the reality. Karma, as an example, right? Yeah. It is yeah. A direct yeah. Relation, the direct result of every action, every thought you take. There is a reason, right? So I keep going back to... I'm just coming off the street, right? I don't know anything. How are you, how do you package this for people? Some really crazy stuff. And how do you make it so basic for people? That's, I mean, that's the true gold, isn't it? Really? That's the holy grail is to try and make it, you know, as, as basic as, as we with can. With the leather pants on. How do you yeah, get the leather, leather pants on? right i've got my leather pants on don't worry <laughs> they're essential hey uh, so dennis i think pants. we should call this the leather pants series <laughs> or the leather pants episode of the atomic particle series <laughs> I, didn't get I love it. put the leather pants on kick ass then bring it back yeah. 
yeah, exactly. It was the Lara Croft. So what's, um, yeah, so what's your Lara Croft? Yeah. <laughs> my leather pants. But I think for me as well, part of the journey is I actually ended up at CERN because I was I was just studying all, all sorts of things like Da Vinci Code and, and things like that. So I ended up at CERN and I was looking at this sort of atom in terms of the uh, large hydrogen collider and um that was so interesting because they're obviously talking about this as a god particle that's being outside of us and and then I was like wow that's incredible that this same atom is actually inside of us too so what are we not seeing here and it's exactly that sort of polarity between science and spirituality because you know physics physics wants to see it from outside of us and metaphysics is the inside of us. And when we can bridge that, you know, we're talking about the metaverse, when we can bridge that, we see things, that, this potentiality of human, universal intelligence, artificial intelligence comes together incredibly. You know, we can co-create such incredible things when we actually understand how these things work. But for me, for, for, for a client, if, if, I, if I'm coaching, it's it's a process. It's not going to be, you know, right. I've understood it, it, and I, you know, my whole life's changed. It's a process, but in the process, they will see a transformation because they're utilizing these these laws, and it's because it's a personal. It, you know, I'm trying to get people to self master themselves, so it's a personal thing. So they are mastering themselves all the time so they are becoming the hero and then they'll say oh well something happened here there's a shift that happened here I realized something about myself that's huge you know we're all often we're kind of um just projecting our own shadows you know the whole Carl Jung uh, theory we're just projecting our we're projecting our unhealed emotions so when we start we don't do that anymore because we heal that and something changes there's just a shift there's a shift that changes and it's it's in that transformation, but it is, as I said, it's it's an ongoing process, which is why we've got these modules rather than just sort of one thing. Something we are, we are looking at doing is to make it into a film as well, so that we are taking people through that process in a film, um, a little bit like the secret, but you know, different because we want to show that hero's journey going through. It. And there's so much to it, um, but it's it's once they realise that they are creating their own reality it's huge it's find so your, find your particle and become your own hero yeah take it to yeah the, like uh, i i must ask is for some for our resident metaverse expert here dennis <laughs> i think here is more the the human part so i, I have some questions on the human side but continue yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you think about this concept that artificial intelligence can be so from what Katie's saying so controlled where it is in fact a reflection of your true self I, I would uh, answer with the provocation I, I read a fantastic uh, article there was a, about personal artificial intelligence and it's it, in the end of the day I thought immediately about finding your atom because what is interesting about and I think that's comes what Katie said and what you and me and Rita have been talking is that I think all this technology is just putting us naked in front of us because in the end of the day 
the challenge we have right now is that, of course, this this comes depends, and this is a, my question for Katie, but I'll just answer to yours and then go to Katie. Is is that the artificial intelligence, the metaverse, and all these major technological concepts are putting us completely um, front in terms of our capacities to look at the world and being honest with each other? Because you cannot fake it. On of course, you can fake some kind of your personality on the metaverse. But in the end of the day, you are going to create your personality. I remember that when Second Life started, I was in Sweden, and the Swedish and the Norwegians, of course, they invented actually Metaverse. And uh, and uh, I had a lot of friends, they were completely crazy, and they spent hours and hours on that. And they all created this kind of avatars and personalities, and this was who they were. And, uh, and I think it's kind of, in the end of the day, this is actually just exposes much more the basis of who we are, even if we hide, we hide ourselves in a lot of different things. I think the challenge is how we're going to create this version that is for avatars and more creative version with the real version of ourselves. And how can we confront with each other? And this brings me to you, Katie. So one of the challenges I haven't actually I had on a personal level with you and Vernon, I had the, Vernon is the partner of Katie. Um, one of the challenges I have on the personal level and of course, I'm not going too much personal because this is not the personal, but I think with Katie always goes personal in a good way, is how can we manage this challenge that comes especially for making the bridge between our, like you said, our relationships, mm-hmm. um, our career, and then our management with people in communities where we are, because we are not in normal times of course we have this fantastic mm. technology but at the same time we we get out of the house and we think we get covid and you get paranoid and at the same time we have and this creates a huge amount of stress each person deals with that in different ways some are anti-vax and others are different things so my question for you deal, bearing in mind that you are dealing with very high profile personalities some of the top people in the world in their areas how do you manage this because of course these people have 10 times more pressure and <laughs> they have a lot of success but they have 10 times more pressure and, and i think partly of course me and amrita we are quite successful in our areas we have dealing as well with that because our careers sometimes take over our personal lives and vice versa and, and i would like to see how you make the balance on that because it's not easy to be a personal coach especially with people no. like us or even more complex <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know no it's um it's interesting actually because it's interesting you were saying about um what we're experiencing right now and you know the likes of uh, Novak you know we're seeing so so many different levels of consciousness and it's really interesting to see how people are reacting because we hold on to this belief system and we have to want we have to sort of figure out where that belief system is coming from but we're seeing this huge division and, it, and it's whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's vaccine, no vaccine, whether it's, it's huge right now, isn't it? We're seeing all this sort of the polarity, the law of polarity is literally in our face. We can't, we can't run from that. And actually, this is what happens in, the, in turbulent times is it brings up all of these belief systems to the surface. So rather than saying that's OK, that's OK that someone has that opinion, we often project our own opinions onto other people so we'll say well that doesn't that doesn't go with my belief system so that person's wrong instead of bridging that gap and saying okay well what is your thoughts behind it and actually we might learn something from them from their thought rather than just saying no that's not how I think so um yes it's really interesting to see all these kind of multi-dimensional different Katie, just just to make sure we don't veer too far off of something you said, 
when you talk about levels of consciousness and mm. polarity of thought, are you talking about the fact, what does it really mean? Is it just that we have multiple religions and identities going on in our society from a societies of homogeneity to societies of multiple types of religions and thought processes that coexist? Yeah, yeah. Drill down we, on that more? Well, we have, um, if you think about everything is how, if you think about your own life and you think about how you've been educated, you think about the family that you've been brought up in, you maybe think about the religious connotations that you've been brought up in as well. These are all layers of conditioning or belief systems that you have identified with because that's what we perceive to be real. Whether they are or they are, they are not is something we have to identify within ourselves because we can't just take what we've been told to be true. So we are seeing, you know, left, right, depending on how that person's been conditioned in their environment is going to be where their belief system is. So we are seeing the reflection of all of that right now and all of those belief systems. But what we have to do is to observe it, but not absorb it. And we have to take ourselves out of that rather than saying, well, that, that's, I'm holding on to that belief. I have, that, that's who I am. I'm that belief system. We have to go above that. You know, whether it's politically, we're seeing so much political divide and we're seeing so much, you know, science, science is divided as well. I mean, what's right, what's wrong? Or our leaders are, aren't, you know, being very transformational or um, transparent. So we don't know what that is, if that's true or not. So we have to really discern from our objective um, thought system. So we, we have to realise that within ourselves. Otherwise, we end up just being, you know, we're sort of being directed by everyone else without really thinking about our own thought process around it. And that's where we then see problems because people are so are the, strong. Where are the limits to this? Like, for instance, what if you have a fundamental belief or religion, mm. hard work leads you... Real hard work leads you to leads you to happiness. Okay, what mm -hmm. if you have another belief system that doing needle-based drugs really gives you euphoria and therefore happiness? Where do you draw the line between what we have historically known maybe to work and to not work? Right, this quest for individuality that you're talking about. Yeah, aren't there yeah. limits to that too? Yeah, well, I think finding again, your atomic particle. Sorry, aren't there um, limits to finding your atomic particle? Absolutely, but this is why we keep coming back to things like meditation and stillness because the world is so noisy. You know, when we turn on our TV, there's all of this programming or conditioning. It's, it's, it's so strong right now. You open the newspaper and that's saying something else, and it's so confusing and noisy. So, you know, we've all got, obviously, technology is getting so vast now that we've all got, you know, constantly on engaging on something. And many people have become addicted to it. And, but we're losing who we are in that. 
you know, we, we're getting so much information, so much information that we don't even know if that information is true. Um, and it's really important, actually, because I see a lot of uh, people who are getting lost in that world as well. And, and actually, that can be quite detrimental. Um, we have to keep coming back to who we, that authentic self, because otherwise we just get lost in this kind of unreal reality. Um, and I think it is, it's really about sort of bridging that gap between, you know, who we are, who we really want to be. And are we just sort of being led, you know, sometimes we kind of get in that hamster wheel of just doing this thing. We kind of think, well, actually, why am I doing this? Yeah. But do I really feel like I'm living in my purpose here? And actually, when we start to live in our purpose, something amazing really happens because all those things that you know, the law of attraction starts to happen and you start to meet people on the same journey. And it's, it's really, truly you know, quite magical, really, because you're starting to create that reality for yourself. But we can often get into that sort of stuck process where we're kind of just doing what we've been told to do, whether we're told in our family, you must work hard, you must do this, and you kind of get stuck in that. But then we don't realise who we are. And sometimes it's too late to realise who we are because I think it was uh, Steve Jobs, actually, that did, uh, I don't know if you ever read his statement, but it was really interesting because he was saying exactly that. One of the quotes I remember from Steve Jobs is you connect the dots later. Yeah. And yeah. Then it goes back to this, like this teaching that you have. Is it find your thing, find your thing, keep trying to find your thing. And then I have two questions, right? Related to that. One is how do you, how do you not get so obsessed with finding your thing where you can't connect the dots later? Like Steve Jobs tells us that's one. Second question is, how do you keep finding your thing without becoming a narcissist and becoming absolutely a nightmare to be around? <laughs> That's our next book, actually. <laughs> Toxic M. A few questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, um, you know, actually there's a whole narcissism is a whole another sort of subject because that is quite huge that's our, that's our second but, episode of <laughs> yeah we're just literally doing it we're just writing another book about that about okay. toxic it's called toxicum about toxicity okay. um and you know dealing with narcissistic personality traits but this is different actually because it's not narcissistic to find your atom or to find your purpose it's it's um, narcissistic if you are projecting that onto others and, you, you know, you're expecting them to do what you want them to do. That's very different energy. You know, narcissism is a very self-orientated energy that doesn't have empathy um, and is very much about, uh, you know, providing for themselves. This isn't. This is a very different energy. It's saying that finding your atom, finding your purpose, finding your way is is really about understanding who you are at the atomic level and then bringing that out into the world and that's different that's not narcissistic that is actually self-empowering because otherwise we get lost in the in the chaos of the world that we just don't identify who we are and exactly as Steve Jobs said connecting the dots connecting the dots of who you are it's a bit like the alchemist i don't know if you've read that or the celestine prophecy you know we are we go on this journey because we're trying to find something outside ourselves and whether that's that's exactly what sun is trying to say this particle this god particle outside ourselves so we go on this journey to discover something outside ourselves 
to only realize that that thing that we've been finding has always been there. You know, that's the alchemist, the journey. And we are the alchemist, the alchemist is us. You know, we are the alchemical change of transformation. So find actually- your, Find your atom, become the alchemist and, bec- yeah. and manifest yourself in the hero. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. And when you see someone stepping into that, it's so transformational. Yeah. It really is. It's such a change of life. It really is. But we have to see, we have to see it for ourselves. You know, we have to really start to work on this. And it's, as I said, it's not easy because we ch- have to challenge ourselves. You know, we're our own angel and demon. You know, we've got that, the duality within ourselves. So we have to find that. We have to find where our shadow is. We have to challenge those moments where we might, we might react a certain way and we challenge it. We say, okay, well, where, why are we acting like that? We, what have we not mastered within ourselves here? And what have we not realized within ourselves? It's huge. It really is so transformational. Yeah. I have one question on the, I think on the bridge of the different things, there's a lot of, I think everyone listening to us probably should brief a bit and think about this because a lot of, a lot of, a lot of very deep things here that are really important to measure. And I think it's not easy to go from the theory to the practice. So my question is precisely on that. So Katie, what do you deal with the, like you said, the people with massive careers that have as well to deal, of course, with big use because in order for you to survive, doesn't mean that necessarily that you are narcissist, but you have to have a very strong sense of ego, a strength of, of drive because you have to have so much nose. And I think people looking at very successful people, you normally only see the moment of success or the moment of failures, but there's thousands of other moments that no one speaks about. Uh, the, the moments that you are learning, the moments you are putting a, an expertise in something, I'm written music, it's not an easy task to, to do what you do or art or film or technology. But my question is, when you are coaching these people, especially, um, uh, I know that you've been going for some experience of people that went for a lot of, uh, I would say, dysfunctional moments that I think all of us have dysfunctional moments. What is like the point, let's say there's a point of saying no, but there's as well a point of uh, understanding how to cope with, uh, with these different things. And this is my question for you. How do you say no and how you get out of the moment of massive stress? I think this is where emotional intelligence comes in, really, because I think you need to realize when you start to see stress in your life and it's coming from some, something outside of you, right? So if it's a person or maybe it's a toxic person, maybe it's a narcissistic person, but you have to see it for yourself. Otherwise, you, you just get lost in this. And it's, that's when actually problems occur. You know, I see stress manifesting in the body and that can relate to diseases. You know, it's, it's, it, we don't realise how stress is so detrimental uh, to our physical well-being. So, you know, if people are in toxic environments, it's so necessary to understand this. How do we remain peaceful um, in stressful environments? How do we deal with challenges? How do we, you know, sometimes you just have to take yourself out of that environment. That's the only way to do it. But if, if you can communicate, and that's where this is really strong, because if you've got somebody who is narcissistic, but wants to understand this too, so that they communicate better, then you're creating, it's like a ripple effect, isn't it? You know, you can always say, if someone walks in the room and you think, oh, that's really bad vibes, vibes, vibration, 
real vibration, someone's got a bad, bad vibe, it's because we can't resonate to that. And we see it and we sort of, it's fight or flight. We already get into that sort of stressful mode because we can feel that vibration. Mm. But when that person understands this and they then relate to their workforce, their team completely differently, you get so much more potential from that workforce. You know, rather than saying, right, well, this is what I want. And this is, you know, most people who are in leadership, you know, very focused on what they want and they want an outcome. But often they don't get the outcome they want because the people that they're working with don't resonate to that vibe. So they will just see it as too much pressure. It's just, you know, they're stressed. People can't work in stressful environments. So this is why this, this is really important is to understand, okay, you know, I feel stressed. Why am, where's that coming from? Why am I feeling like that? How can I, how can I communicate that? to someone else without them being triggered you know it's, it's it's a it's an interesting process but that's where if you've got leaderships working you know that's why I work with CEOs because when they can see that then they can see that actually when I communicate better more emotionally intelligently I actually get better results because people aren't stressed and they give me you know they're, they're more willing to do the work because they're not feeling stressed and pressured in the same way so it does come back to emotional intelligence can anybody get emotional intelligence or is it something you think is you're born with um i do think it's something that either people are naturally gifted or not but i do think it's something you can learn you know i've i actually teach it um and i do a survey on it and it's quite interesting to see where people are on that scale you know they might have better weaknesses, a stronger uh, strengths on certain different problem solving or whatever it is. But it's once they realize that, what happens if we don't realize it, then we are just projecting that we don't, we're not able to master it. We can only master something when we realize that that's a weakness that we have. So, you know, it's something that you have to change through a process but they have to realise it in themselves first. If they don't want to realise it in themselves, then you're never going to be able to change it. You know, it's that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink it. So you can only, you have to fine tune it. And then this, the more that they start to realise it, they'll, they'll pick it up and they'll say, oh, right, okay, yes, yes, that happened. I realise how that happened. I change it. I get better results. So it all, it's almost like in your book, you're, showing people to look out for the signals you're yeah. giving them some uh, criteria yeah for, to find also, to find better energy exactly and to identify themselves in that yeah because that's really important otherwise you just get lost in you know someone else's story Dennis I do believe that one episode we can do with Katie um, because it's so common now, this problem is how to deal with the narcissist. I think that deserves its own one-hour slot. So yeah, I would love that, love that one <laughs> with your leather pants on. No, I found I found the entire magazines and scientific studies about this. And, and actually, one of the things, actually, probably a question for both of you, but for you, probably more, Katie. 
is in one of the studies I read, which was actually from a psychology magazine, it was talking from the beginning to the end in terms of there's not much you can do with the narcissist compulsive personality, which I think, okay, that's a big statement coming from psychology, but I would and, like to hear your opinion because I, I made me feel wow. a lot, okay? <laughs> this so came actually, it was a scientific psychology magazine. Yeah, this means these people will be always narcissists. So mm -hmm. you can only pick part of that and try to do. That's what the article was saying. It was a big article with some scientific accreditation. So yeah. I was a bit, wow. But I would it's like to... Yeah, it is a personality disorder. So it is very difficult for a narcissist to change because it's a disorder. It's in their personality. So unless they would want to change, then they probably won't change. So what's more important is for you to understand it so that you're able to cope with it better because otherwise you will find it very toxic to be around. So when you start to not um, associate it to you, it's a personality disorder, so you know it's not actually to do with you, so don't make it personal because when you do is when it becomes toxic to you to realize, okay, well, that is, when you identify it, you can identify the traits, the red flags, the traits, you then start to say, okay, I see it. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to allow myself to, to, because when you consume that energy, it's very, it's very toxic to, to you. So you have to not sort of associate, detach from that, if you like, and not make it personal. Um, but it's about managing it especially if you're working in, if you're working with somebody who does who does have that disorder you have to manage it the hardest part is living with somebody who might have that disorder or having yeah. a parent, or having a parent who might have that disorder because one of the things that i've noticed in people who have high exposure to narcissistic um, i would say cohabitants mm -hmm. is they become neurotics yeah they begin to think everything's their fault. They develop the, the yang to the yin, you know? So that's, that's a problem. And I think that my view, Dennis, to what you just said is you can't really change a narcissist. You have to figure out ways to avoid them, mm. both, both in work and in family. And they're everywhere. And not everywhere. I would say, you know, in my experience about... 5% of the people, anywhere from three to 5% of the people that I've come across in life have truly destructive narcissistic traits. Yeah. And it's pretty easy to avoid three to 5% of people and replace them with a, a healthier three to 5%, right? Now, the yeah. problem is if you're in an environment, in an industry that has a 40% narcissistic you know, quotient, then you got prop, you know, then that's a whole different set of things. But in normal life, I would say, you know, anywhere in, in that range is something that you can say, okay, control X. Yeah. You know, cut yeah. control X and then <laughs> control pay something else. Right. Um, yeah. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, yeah. And I think because of the way that we're living at the moment is so directed to a narcissistic environment you know whether it's instagram or it's all about self isn't it it's all ego so you know we're kind of that's how we're starting to live in that very narcissistic environment but also when you've got um 
you know, people who are often very good at what they do and they want to get to a certain place, you know, they will get to that place and they don't care who's, you know, who they're going to knock down to get there. Um, and that's, yeah, that's very toxic. That's very toxic to be around. But I think, I think you just have to acknowledge it for yourself and um, not get, just not get swept away in that because it's, it's very dysfunctional. Um, and as I said, I don't think people really, if they are narcissists, narcissists themselves, they probably don't want to, they probably don't see it. That's the whole point of narcissism, because they don't see it. You know, everyone else is affected around them, but they don't see it themselves. I, I mean, I do think, Dennis, that we we have to do a episode. Yeah, on it. It's such a huge problem in our society now with social media and this very shortcut version of self. Because, you know, we talk a lot about self in some previous podcasts, which is, you know, the Buddha talks about mind, body, self, and the self is something you have to create. It doesn't come easily. It comes from a lifetime of karmic work. But then mm. all of a sudden we work and live in our society where self is so easy. Mm. Self is God, and it just comes in almost like a, you know, it comes in a year. It comes after X number of likes on your Facebook post. So I think this notion of, of um, false self bleeding yeah. down narcissism is something we could, people will really relate to. Yeah, it's wearing that false mask, isn't it, that we're, we're seeing so much. And, it's, and some, you know, a little bit of narcissism is okay in, in the fact of, you know, if I'm working with a sports person, say, for instance, and it's very ego it's ego derived, right? Because it's all about them, um, and actually can be dis- dysfunctional when it's all about them as well. Because if they're not doing so well, it's you know that's really difficult for them to to go through that as well. But it's when it is um, dysfunctional to other people that's the problem. Because it's um, yeah, it's a very concerning place to be if you're with that person all the time. And you, they just cannot see from your perspective. Um, that's very difficult. That's very difficult, and it's it's really about communication. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the biggest. Uh, and I think it comes back to your question, Amrita, about the AI and metaverse. Is that I think at the moment we are all kind of in a mirror of ourselves in yeah. one way or another because social media. In one end, if you are a professor like us, we need to be conscious about our brands, about our digital presence. But then there's our families, there's our relatives, and there are people that have different ways. And then there's the people that are like the very successful people, like you said, sports people or entrepreneurs or even billionaires that uh, some, of, some of us deal with, that of course, when you start having this kind of money, you start having some kind of personality disorders. And as well, it comes with a lot of different, uh, of course, weight that you have on your back. Uh, but this is a big challenge, I think, going forward, because I, I've been thinking just, and probably we, we, it's going a bit time, but I think this is fantastic content. One of the things I, I see, I was educated by religious people, actually quite uh, high-profile religious people from priests to bishops. And one of the things I, I did, of course, because of that education, I studied a lot uh, history of religion. And uh, I had actually, a, one of my teachers was a bishop um, that was an expert in, in languages of the Old Testament. So he actually mm. knew around 50 languages. And if you look at history, in the end of the day, 
any civilization, if you look at, for instance, um, in the Arari, any civilization talks about the, the civilization, we've been talking here about civilizations from Buddha to uh, Genghis Khan, they talk about this civilization nuances in terms of the religion normally tries to create a narrative for people and people fall, fell or follow this narrative and they feel comfortable around that. At the moment in the 20th century, we kill all these narratives and we are creating a lot of intertwined relatives and perceptions. So we don't have one perception. So a lot of part of the stability that we have previously, even with a lot of insecurity, um, we have, and we are keeping on putting all of this in question. So I think people like us, and especially like you, Katie, that you have to coach people, this becomes a bit of spiritual, religious, and, and personal development. And I think that's, for me, the biggest challenge. I think, to your point, Amrit, I think really is important. I think about the personalities. And actually, that's the idea of finding your atom, is finding this uh, perception that actually can make us better people, uh, even mm -hmm. if it's not easy. It's a continuous process. So I, I, I don't know how you see this, but for me, it's a big, big thing that I think every, almost every day. Well, Katie, Katie, we absolutely have to have you back. You know, I, I, I think you're sitting on a gold mine of teachings and learnings in this book mm -hmm. and uh i think we should all read it twice yeah. back and drill down <laughs> on each concept yeah i mean that that's a as i said i've seen the i've seen the transformation in people and the shift and it's just amazing it's magical to see it um you know and if we can break hollywood with this it'd be great because i just you know you see the turmoil you see the unhealed um, energy and you know at the moment we just need to heal from everything we've experienced over the last few years you know we just need to come back to this sense of peace and well-being um, and not sort of projecting all our you know our emotions and our belief systems and just come to that place of of really just understanding who we are in this universe that we're part of it's just you know it's just so beautiful when we see it from that version of ourselves yeah so so before we finish let me ask you a, a um a, a, some kind of example so katie can you in us of course in a, a summary what would be the process for someone to go from a process and for people listening to us from a process of let's say disruption or personal disruption and a lot of uh, um chaos to come to this what you just mentioned what would be like the the best, at least in the very top level. Of course, I know that this is a process. You mean, how do you get started? Is that the question? Yes, how do you get started Sign and how you can actually get to, <laughs> to see the light? <laughs> Sign up, as I said, it's um, it's a process. It's literally like being the Harry Potter or um, Lara Croft. You know, it's a process of realizing that in themselves. They didn't just wake up one day and go, right, I understand it. I understand who I am. I understand my atom. I understand, you know, they didn't do that. It was a process. They started to realize different parts of themselves. They mastered themselves and they stepped into their power. And that's something that was, it's, it's a process, a journey. You know, even when we look at our lives and we look at everything around us, we've manifested that through our own thoughts. Everything, everything in the world is a manifestation of a thought. You know, that's how it's come to being. So when we look at that, then we can say, okay, how can we manifest the life that we really want? And not only the life that we want, but the life that's going to be beneficial to others as well. 
because that's that's real mastery then isn't it so you know as i said it's a, it's it's definitely not you know a one stop shop this is something that you will these tools and techniques that we put in the book are life you know life tools and techniques that you're going to use and pick up at different points in your life and they'll mean something more to you maybe in a different situation so but they are always there it's like your little your go-to guide of of tools that you're going to pick up and you say right okay now I'm dealing with this challenge or now I'm dealing with this and I'm now I'm going to use that and and you'll start to see how that will transform because it is a different way of thinking we've been programmed to think a certain way so now we have to think in it's it challenges your thinking um but you know when we talk about um so Napoleon Hill that wrote a book and he talked he spoke about um we are what we are because of the vibrations of thought which we pick up and register through the stimuli of our environment Amazing. and that was tested on all of the you know all of the most successful people and they all came back to, to realizing that this is about finding our atom this is about finding our vibration and then stepping into that purpose that's, that's the name of our series, Dennis, to, from finding our atom to finding our vibration. What do you think? No, I think the name, should, stick with keep it. It. the name we should keep it, but you can have a subtitle. I love to find your vibration. I think it's a good one. <laughs> but, like, yeah, but like I said, you know, The Alchemist, you read, it, you read a book and it's about, it's about a character that's going through that transformation. This book is about your own personal transformation. It's huge. You, you are the alchemist. You are going to step into that hero's journey. And it's, it's, it's magical. It's where miracles do happen. I love it. It's a wonderful way of wrapping up. Um, yeah. I think, Katie, definitely, like uh, Amrita discussed, if you're okay, we will do a double, <laughs> a double <laughs> session. Uh, I think actually one of the things for the next one, if you could, you can bring uh, the book or read some parts of the book, I think it would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, and as well, I think some of, I think the process is particularly important for me because one of the things I learn, is, and I love, for instance, people like Tim Ferriss or other coaches worldwide, is that they decompose the problem. Um, I actually have to do that better with me because the, the thing is that when people like us that do multitasking, especially me and Amrita, we are <laughs> we are doing too much things out of the box. But um, but I think it's it's kind of when if you decompose your own problems, you you start seeing okay what is really wrong. But then you need to get out of your picture and do a helicopter view and find your vibration in the middle of all that chaos. And that is not easy. And I think that's where. I think we need people like you more than ever, Katie. Yeah, we so. do. You start to flow. It's, it's, a, it's a, you start to flow differently, you know. And you don't start to chat. Sometimes we sort of challenge things and we start to hit back. And I don't know if you're aware of that, but it's like in Tai Chi, or um, it's an art form, isn't it? So you're actually instead of when you push something back, it's natural to it ends up. You know, it's a it's a problem. It's a bigger problem because you're pushing it against something. But when you start to accept it, accept it and you see it for what it is, and you, you, you flow through that challenge completely differently because you're not pushing against it, accepting it, seeing it, and you're finding the solution. It, it's, it's far more um, positive. It's, it's a different result, if you like. Amazing. Amazing. I, I wish we could keep going on this, but I realize... Yeah. 
We're going to get a lot more, Dennis, out of this once we read the book. Yeah. yeah no, I, I've been reading it myself, yeah. but but I think it's interesting to hear you, Katie, talking about your process because the book has different areas and I think you, you are dealing with slightly different things from the book. So I think for me, this is very important. I am very grateful, Katie. Thank you for being here. Um, you. You, you kept not yeah. opening some of your secrets, but I think there's more secrets we'll do in the yeah. session too. <laughs> Let's get okay. some secrets out of Katie. Pandora's box. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not Pandora. Pandora is <laughs> is more <laughs> than secrets. <laughs> no, we want we want inspiration, vibration, like you said, Rita. So yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Well, um, very grateful to this moment. Actually, I, I'm thinking a lot of stuff in my own life and that I need to manage and find my vibration, my balance. Um, and I hope that we every person listening to us all over the world, I think we this will be a great adventure. We'll have fantastic things and uh, Katie. That's the principle of a lot of things. We're going to bring probably some lives in the future. So very grateful to have you here. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much to you both. Bye. Thank you. Bye.